Welcome everyone. We're about to begin as Hashem feedback and insights share number 121. We're talking about various foundations of intimacy, and today we're going to talk about recreational intimacy. Again, this is something similar like financial intimacy, where the two words don't seem aligned. Recreational means to have a lot of fun, and how does that connect to actual real intimacy? Also, you know, when you compare this idea of recreational or having fun and compare it to the previous shear, how we talked about the most deepest spiritual intimacy, and we say like, okay, that I get, but but this idea of simply having fun, and so how does that create intimacy? And in reality, what we need to understand that then the last year and this year, the idea of the most deepest spiritual connections versus what we're talking about this year, which seems to be on the surface superficial, which seems to be the idea of just having, enjoying your time together and having fun together, seem like opposites, but in reality, they are not opposites. They go hand in hand and they both enhance one another. It does not contradict each other. You could have the most deepest soul connection of the com- uniting of souls and everything we described in the last year of the spiritual connection, and there's no contradiction. You can have a lot of fun together and enjoy things together in a very, very fun and beautiful way that one enhances the other, where it enhances the spirituality and it doesn't completely detract from it. Similar to a Musa Haskell that you learn when you learn Parshas Tzav with the Avaida of Trumas Hadeshan, which is Avaida, the Musa Haskell over there that many Mefarshim talk about and many Svarim discuss is that that Avaida of removing the ash, which seems to be a lesser Avaida, which seems to be like it even says that you wear different type of clothing then, because the, the same clothing, for example, that you cook for the king in the kitchen is not the same clothing that you come and give and serve the food or the wine in front of the king in the palace itself. You wear different clothing. So by Truma Sadeshan, again, you wear different clothing because it gets soiled or whatever it is. You remove these clothing and you put in new clothing. But the idea behind it is, the Seif this Panam from the Salanama brings it down and other Svarim, is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling us by this, is that every Avoida, every way of serving me is precious. And when this is the Ratzon Hashem, when I need you to take to do the mitzvah of Truma Sadeshan, with those clothing, that is the essence of the Avaida in its fullest heights by the very fact that this is what I want you to do. Same thing with a servant of a king that's working in the kitchen and he's busy with just cutting up the meat and cleaning out the guts of the meat and preparing it as a befitting of a king. It's not a glamorous, uh, uh, romantic or royal regal type of a service, but what he needs to know, that or the butcher, you know, that's shechting the meat for the service of the king. They need to know that their avoida is no less precious and just as high and exalted as those that are serving him directly in the palace. Same thing comes over here with the Shalom Bayes connection, with the intimacy between a husband and a wife. There are different times, Hashem wants, just like with us and Hashem. Hashem wants us to connect with Him in all types of situations, whether it's Shabbos or Yantav, whether it's a weekday, whether it's Shabbat, whether it is during the joyous months of the year, or whether it is in the three weeks. 
Hashem wants different, it looks different on the outside, but Hashem wants all of those type of avaydais. Same thing with the connection with a husband and wife. It comes in different shapes and forms, but it's all for the purpose of connecting two souls. It's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. Therefore, the highs are the highs and the lows are the lows of ups and downs of, of this is all part of the deep connection and the spiritual intimacy like we explained in the last year and then you have this recreational intimacy that we're talking about in this year we said many times about how kalos reish is destructive but kalos is healthy kalos reish means when you're vulgar when you're vulgar or you're base and you're sort of like very coarse in the way you conduct with each other in these type of ways then there's something called kalos chazainish uses that word in his letter which means a certain lightness, a certain fun or, you know, playful type of a feeling between a husband and a wife that's very, very important. And this is important whether you're at home, whether you go on dates or just do things for fun. It's important for the two of you to spend time together doing things you both enjoy, having fun. And it's not just reserved this fun while you're dating or in Shana Rishina to just entertain each other. It's even more important when the stresses of life come in. When, Baruch Hashem, the children grow and you have Parnassah oil and other oil and other headaches and stresses in life, that is when, when you're married for a while, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, where you need to somehow carve out time to have that fun, to enjoy things doing together. It's not something that needs to stop after the wedding or after the kids. It needs to happen when you're a married, mature adult for many years, where married couples, this idea, this stigma that people have that unfortunately becomes reality sometimes because we don't practice it. But this notion uh, that is a butt of many marriage jokes, that married couples have to be dull, that married couples have to be boring, that married couples have to drift apart and be cynical of one another is so anti Taira, so anti what reality, what Hashem really wants from a marriage, where, they, where Hashem wants you to enjoy being together. He wants you to be joyous together, and He wants you to laugh together in a healthy way, the kalas, the healthy way of kalas. Not kalas reish, but kalas. And fun, having fun, smiling, laughing, enjoying things is one of the healthy things, the most healthy things you can do for yourself and that you can do for your marriage. When you're engaging in healthy, kosher, fun activities, you decrease your levels of cortisol and your stress hormone and you increase your serotonin levels, which helps your mood, it helps your sleep, it helps your overall productivity. Fun encourages creativity, productivity, both which can be very incredibly beneficial to a marriage. This is so, so important. And what, you know, you think about your fondest childhood memories and stop and allow yourself to find ways in your marriage to make that level of fun happen in your adult life, to laugh more, to do things with that bring joy to the both of you more and do healthy, kosher things together. Play hide and seek for each other for whatever it is. Sometimes in a nice, good-natured way, do these things. Walk together, exercise together. Do everything you possibly can to spend quality time with one another in an enjoyable way. And this idea is, and remember this, 
when you have dates with your children there, that's not dates. That's family outings, which is also important. Don't confuse the two. Dates are dates with only you and your wife, you and your husband. That is the date. When it's with other people around and your spouse, that's not recreational intimacy. That's not a date. That's a family outing, and there's a time and place for that too. But the idea is some people, again, I'm talking more in the secular world now, and we can extrapolate and figure out how to do these things in the from environment world, where couples garden together. You know, when it's gardening season, they'll go ice fishing together. They'll take dance lessons together, again, in the secular world, cook gourmet meals together, take a course, uh, art course together, take a painting course together, um, you know, swim, you know, if you could afford it, and, and you go on these vacations, uh, you know, to swim with the dolphins together, whatever it is. And, 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 and it's very, very important to do everything you can to do this and get excited about it. And, uh, you know, unless it's something that is usher or not alpitaira, okay, but everything that is kosher, that is a kosher way of doing things, it is very, very healthy to do things that one enjoys. Now, the real key behind this, by the way, is there are a lot of things where one of them loves to do and the other one doesn't really have that interest, unless you know they actually hate it, okay, and, and they have a reason why they hate doing something, then you can't obviously have fun together when one really hates doing something. But if it's where they just simply don't see the appeal of it, but they never, because they never experienced it, then it's possible that after getting involved with it, they could both enjoy it. So in a secular couple, once related like this, that one of them liked watching NASCAR races. Those are car races, speeding car races. That's what one of them enjoyed. The other one enjoyed going, they, they guess they own guns. They wanted to go to on a, in a shooting range, and that's what they enjoyed. Neither one really cared for the other one's strong hobby. They did not, but not to say that they hated it either. But they gave this a try. He, she invited him to go to the NASCAR races that she enjoyed. He, she enjoyed. He offered to take her to the shooting range that he enjoyed. And what happens is later, and, and, and what happened was, is that when she invited him to go to the NASCAR race, he developed some interest already and followed a certain car and asked questions and got more involved and now it became pleasant to go there. And when he offered her to take her to the shooting range, she started to shoot very well with the training and started to really enjoy it. Same thing goes, for example, giving an example, one loves music, the other one doesn't really care for music. But because of the fun that they want to have together. Let's go to a concert together. And believe it or not, there were many times where the wife that was never into concert music or whatever it is started to really, really enjoy it. Once they enjoyed it, they enjoyed doing this together. So this is an idea also where you could experiment and try. I don't know. I may not enjoy it. I know you love it. It doesn't necessarily mean I love it. But if I don't, like mamish, mamish, hate it, it's just that I'm not pull to it, let me give it a try. You never know. That could be a, a glue going forward that could help you together. You don't like board games. You never played board games in your life, or you rarely played board games in your life, and your husband or wife, whichever one, loved and always played board games, and that how that's how they connected as a family growing up. The brothers and sisters, the siblings, the parents, they always played board games to connect. The other one didn't. But if they're open to it and they try it, they may come across certain games, certain types of things where they learn and they really enjoy 
and then it becomes a bonding experience. Or quick coffee dates. And if someone doesn't like coffee, you take a tea or you take a hot chocolate or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be coffee if you don't like coffee. So the idea is that this type of recreational fun intimacy also may change over the years, different seasons of marriage. You know, the, the fun that you had as a kid or as a young person may be different when you're in your late 20s and then 30s and then 40s. And... Um, and it changes when you are a couple, when you have little kids versus when you're already empty nesters. It could be a different type of fun, different type of things. Your vacations look differently. And that's okay. You basically work on that aspect that would make it enjoyable for the both of you. Your recreational intimacy does not go on hold because you got older or because something changed in life. You just learn how to adapt to get to each other to the point where you really, really enjoy one another. And this is not an easy thing to do because, you know, when we're dealing with financial intimacies or spiritual intimacies or even physical intimacies, we know how that has a more deeper, serious meaning. We understand that. So we sometimes make sure to carve out time for that. But for this thing over here, when you're both caught up in the busyness of life, it is not an easy thing to commit to. You know, we don't have time to have this fun. But this is the idea which is very important. Researchers found that married couples who go out on frequent dates and take part of activities together have a lower divorce rate, feel better about the quality of their marriage overall. Couples who spend time together weekly in this way of having fun together like this, are 3.5 times more likely to report being happy in their relationships. It is hard to get to when you're both crazy busy. But people who do this, it's a have a greater chance of not drifting apart, of staying connected, and of enjoying each other's company and, and enhancing their relationship. It's a very, very important concept, what we're talking here even though it seems like it's superficial, and at times, frankly, it feels sometimes selfish. Some people feel, well, how could I, you know, there's so much achrayas and my child needs so much of my attention. How can we just go out and have fun? Well, you know, how could we do that? That's, that's so selfish. It is not selfish in this context of what we're talking about here in a marriage, where you schedule time with your love to do things that are mutually enjoyable for one another. It's the greatest gift you could give to the kids. It's the greatest gift you could give to each other. It's the greatest gift you could give to yourself to actually just let loose and have normal, healthy fun. And that is what this recreational um, intimacy is about. And don't let past patterns dictate the present. You never did this before. It's time to start. You can't remember the last time you went on a date. Now it's the time. And you'll always have these built-in excuses that are legitimate. We're too busy. We have kids. We're busy with this. We're busy with that. My Seder, whatever it is. And when fun activities are rare or non-existent, it, it, it sort of, it, it, it's like it, 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 there's a distance. You need that spark to keep it alive. And you're saying, oh, it's too superficial. It is not too superficial. Everyone needs this. It is a healthy thing to do. And it's very important to try your best to get to that point to figure out ways to enjoy each other's company and to have fun together. Now, the one thing I'll be honest with you, I'm nervous about is skiing. I feel it's very dangerous and I'm very weary about this. And uh, so I'm giving you an example about skiing here. 
Um, but again, that's that's one, one activity that I'm very wary about. But I'm just going to give you the, 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 the concept behind it that, that you'll get. A couple once said like this, that we had a chance to go skiing and snowboarding this weekend, just the two of us. My husband has been trying to get me out for at least two years, if not more, to go skiing with him. And I struggle when we are out because my husband is so much better at skiing or snowboarding than I am. I usually feel like I'm holding him back and keeping him from having fun. And even though I said yes, I was trying to think of ways not to go up until the last minute. But I'm so glad that I went. And as I'm working on these foundations of intimacy, especially this one we're talking about today, recreational intimacy, it's paying off. Throughout the day, I would fall while skiing. And my husband would be there helping me up. And we had a fun time doing something that he loves to do. It was so hard for me to get out of my head and get out of my comfort zone. But seeing the effects that I had on my husband is amazing. I can tell by his actions that he definitely appreciates it. He is much more affectionate. He is happy. He is helpful. Do you know what? It wasn't just about him. I realized there are things that I say no to that I may, may actually enjoy. And I think I say no because it's easier. Because it means that I don't have to try new things or get out of my comfort zone. And this was such an eye-opening experience for both of us. I understand that if we are always doing the same thing, that it's boring. And you don't want a boring marriage. And I'm so glad that I got on the slopes with him and our relationship feels brand new and refreshed. And that is very important. you know. And you think about it. What activities could interest you, may interest you? Something that your husband is doing that I may not like right away, but I could try. Something that my wife does that I may not like, but I could try. Try initially, unless you really hate something for a reason. Try to do things your spouse likes. That's a starting point. If you're married to someone who's different from you, and Mazel Tov, we all are married to people who are different than us, means that they will like different things and they'll like different interests. So spending time with your spouse is doing things that they like means you're expressing interest to them. Give it a try. You may enjoy it a lot more than you think that you're, you may enjoy it. You think you will not enjoy it, and very often when you get into it, especially when you see your husband or wife thrive and enjoy the experience, that you will love it too. You'll get to enjoy it too by just seeing them enjoying it so much. And you may intrinsically start enjoying that very thing. And you put your phones down when you spend time together because your husband or wife wants your attention and your presence. And when you're spending time together, you need to be fully present with one another. And you get to spend that creative time together. You go kayaking, beach walks in its neistic place, day trips, driving along the, a beautiful coast, um, watching the leaves change in that season, playing board games, uh, other activities that could be used to strengthen that intimate aspect of your lives. And new experiences like that is very, very healthy. It allows the two of you to work on other intimacies while spending time together and having fun. Sometimes you need that lighter aspect to loosen things up. You know, we talk the other things, and, and the truth is that you have more fun together, frankly. With your sexual intimacy will grow as well. There is no talk, no question about that. And your spiritual intimacy can, 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 can grow as well. Like we said so many times that it's not sicer one another. It doesn't contradict. It enhances um, each other. And this is the idea of doing things l'shem shamayim. Doing things. I'm doing it for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And I'm doing it for myself. And, and if you both work on this to figure out or learn what 
is enjoyable for your husband or for your wife, what they enjoy doing. And then just going out of your comfort zone. Give it a try to do it together with them. And you will find a lot of times you will love it. You will find a certain connectiveness, a certain lightness, and it's a very, very healthy thing. Brachan atzlacha.